0: Change the Game, brought to you by the Mackay Cutters. All right, episode 35 of Change the Game podcast, brought to you by Mind Ignition, leaders in performance mindset coaching. We have Renee Kunst in the seat, and we're going to talk connection to community, her connection personally, but also the work that Renee does Within the game here, rugby league in Mackay, she's in the role of. I'm going to get this wrong, Renee, but uh, that's changed a few times. But are you the state area manager, or the <laughs> um, north Northern state manager?
1: Yeah, regional manager for North Queensland for community rugby league.
0: Okay, so state manager at the moment is Adam, Adam Van, Van Zanten. Van Van. Yes, yes, and so you're so just underneath him, looking after regional, and then who else is there that sits? Is there a city or a
1: Yeah, so Community Rugby League in the state is set up in in three different regions. We've got SEQ and Central and then obviously North Queensland, the best region. So we have three regional managers that oversee Community Rugby League in each of those regions. And then within our regions, we have area managers that sit underneath that. So for the lovely Mackay here, we have Jade Johnson, who's Mm -hmm. our area manager for Mackay. And then we have our league and club support as well.
0: Awesome. So that's your role currently, but you started within the game as a player first and then progressed into the other side and working, starting grassroots and development and all the way through to the management side. So I'm really looking forward to our chat today across all of your journey within sport, our sport rugby league, but and also your experiences with wellbeing within the game too. So welcome.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Very good. The team's back together, Mitch.
0: Yes. So, yeah, we did work together in... NRL development many moons ago, and they're uh, definitely for me good grounding within the game, within learning to work as well. Oh, and that's work, for sure. Working with kids, yeah, lots of lessons learnt.
1: So many, but yeah. good memories yeah, and
0: good times, especially the conferences that you, you got to go to with NRL back in those days and um, the friendships that you make. Let's talk. Let's discuss your journey as an athlete and now an employee of the game of, of rugby league. So talk me through some of the challenges and highlights.
1: So fortunate, as you're aware, I I obviously started in the game as a game development officer 14 years ago, where I I started down in Brisbane and then I I came back home to Mackay. I guess through that, I commenced my rugby league playing journey in high school. They didn't have girls rugby league back then. and, And then when I moved back to Mackay whilst juggling playing, still from my state and country back then and I was tasked with growing growing the game up here, in particular the female space. Mm-hmm. So again, as you mentioned before, look, I feel so totally blessed to have come from game development. You're absolutely right. It uh, Work and sport taught me more off the field in life than any classroom ever did. Certainly, oh God, the highlights as a player back then was, well, definitely for many years, people weren't aware of women's rugby league. as So we had we had a, a small but committed team in with, that was tasked with essentially building a platform to, to showcase the game. So up until then... Who else was in that team? But so back in, so my very first World Cup, was in 2008 so mm. I was fortunate enough to be named in the Australian team in, in 2006 pulled out because I had done my shoulder at the time but I did make it to the 2008 World Cup so I played with players the likes of Nat DeWire, Karen Murphy who now is coaching NRLW, Tani Norris who's the Queensland coach, Joe Barrett who's an administrator and does a bit within the game now as she calls the game. So So grateful for being around those women. And I guess in particular with those women I mentioned, they also juggled their roles in their organisations that they worked for. Murph was a copper. We had quite a few coppers actually. Joe Barrett was a teacher. So these women were working full-time jobs but still juggling the ins and outs of trying to play semi-professional sport at that time where it wasn't probably as widely recognised and supported. So I guess that was... It was testing times, but for me to come in and, and start in 2007 and then when I finished in 2017 and be a part of those early days, but then where we landed in 2017, look, my, my definitely a highlight would be my final game was representing my country in a final for the World Cup as the Australian captain, so uh, I was one of those. I guess I'll always reflect back on that in what better way to, there'd be no better way to go out of the game and just to see how far the game had come mm. was amazing. I mean in 2018 they in- introduced the NRLW which was really well done I thought, just starting with four teams and then building the product from there. As a player back in those days it, it was always, we wanted to make sure we were putting the best product on display and just, just see these women and That now just go out there and do an amazing job. And now locally too, with the inception of the BMD cutters in our state league competition, it's it's that's probably when I talk more locally in Mackay to see those girls be able to represent their region. And so Mackay, Mackay Mackay'll always have Mm. a a special place in my heart. I'm a local girl. I'm from Mackay, so to be able to see young girls that absolutely get to represent their region Mackay and wear that badge on their jersey week in week out is really special
0: yeah and see it on your face when I'm talking just how proud you are but you can hear it in your voice as well so yeah well done and congratulations on your career Renee and where you've got the game and the continue to take in the game with the work you do Um, but talk me through some of those challenges and it would have been the highlights and you've touched on a couple of them but what are some of those challenges
1: yeah, for a long time. And even, I'll be honest and upfront, the governing body didn't recognise the, the women's game. They didn't want to take ownership of it. For a long time there, we played in what was called a, It was. it's only been in the last few years that it's been called State of Origin for ever and a day since that it was always named an interstate match. So certainly the challenges were around actually getting not even recognition, Mitch. it was just acknowledgement that yeah that there are women, females, that wanted to play the game of rugby league and not only play the game of rugby league, as I said, I started my journey in game development back down south. I worked part-time for the Brisbane Broncos as well under our Australian coaching staff at the time. And when I got the full-time job up here in Mackay, I was so excited to come back home and contribute to essentially my community. What I didn't probably expect was the contempt and the pushback from myself being in that position as an educator and as a development officer from the locals here, that was actually some really challenging times. It wasn't back when I came back, there wasn't there certainly wasn't girls playing the game of rugby league, but that there weren't many women working in the game development space as well as the administration space. Mm-hmm. So it was a challenge in itself and it wasn't for good people that I had around me. And, and I'll call out Kim Williams, who's now back at the cutters as well. Mm-hmm. Kim certainly took me under his wing. I had a great leader, but I do remember, I always reflect on, I called him six months in and actually said to Tony Quinn and you would know Tony Quinn, he was my leader at the time. And I actually said, Quinny, mate, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I didn't expect that it would be this hard I love the job but just the continuous pushback from people in the community and he just said he, he was great and he just said mate if anyone can do it you can change their minds and and again I, I obviously I surrounded myself with some good people I got some good people around me to help contribute to to essentially grow the game and it was probably the best thing I've ever done and i Yes, I've had some highlights in my life, but to see Girls Rugby League kick off here and it wasn't so much about the girls playing the game, but to have parents come up to me so emotional and stating and thanking me. And again, it wasn't just me, it was there was a whole group of people who really wanted to see this happen. But to see mum's emotional saying, my daughter's never been engaged in anything and this and through Plan Rugby League has just absolutely encouraged her and gave her confidence into other areas of her life, whether it be school or mm. applying herself. So That's certainly some special moments that that I'll always reflect on because you never know. We always say rugby league is a vehicle, but to be able to have lived that journey to essentially have greater impact in people's lives is, again, I'll always have special moments in game development because that's where the magic happens.
0: So touch a little bit further on the lessons that you've learned through your career. So from when you started in game development to going through to some uh, management positions now, what are some of the the good and the bad and the lessons that you've learnt.
1: Yeah, the the greatest one for would be, and probably again coming from team sport, is nothing great can ever be accomplished without good people around you. Long time ago, a, a person said to me, and I honestly can't remember who it was, that likes attract likes, and I didn't understand it at the time. I was only young and. But basically, it was if you surround yourself with good people, you would become a good person. If you surround yourself with smart people, I'm yet to see that. I haven't quite become a brainiac. However, what I do is surround myself with people that certainly uh, are blind spots in my leadership capability. So I think through having a good self-awareness of where I'm I'm at and that I'm still on a journey myself in this space and putting good people around me that that have a a definitive skill set in areas that... I'm not so great at has been really effective in how I get to continue to contribute to the game in the governance side of things.
0: Yeah. So, what are some of you, if you had what's your one strength at the moment within your working like day to day everything you do within your job? What is this your number one strength? Do you think?
1: Yep. I would say with that again. I whilst I'm based in Mackay with a I've got those four staff here, we're spread far and wide with North Queensland. So I would definitely call on one of my greatest strengths is to be able to bring people together. Our team, we're spread far and wide. We have a great connection and Mm. that's through being communicators, number one, and not everyone is and acknowledge that, but it's through communication and connection. I think our game offers us a real sense of belonging. We're lucky enough in a game sense to, to have that, but I really pride myself on whether you're here in Mackay in the same office as me or we've got a staff member up on TI that you're as connected to me as Jade is in the office next to me.
0: Yeah, very good. So how many staff do you have?
1: There's 10 of us in North Queensland. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So from the top of the TI to south as Mackay? or is... Yeah,
1: yep. So we've got, again, we've got our, our Buller. Uh, we, we call our team. Uh, Terry's the only man in our team, so we call our team Buller and his babes. So uh, Terry sits on TI, does a great job over there for the Torres Strait Islanders and NPA as well, the tip of Queensland. And then we have Mal out in mid-northwest, so she looks after Mount Isa, mid-northwest and the Gulf. Yep. And then we have staff, obviously, stationed in Cairns and Townsville as well.
0: Very good. As an athlete, touched on that before your playing career. So let's talk more around the wellbeing support that you did or didn't have. And then if you can talk further around what you're seeing today within that wellbeing space, especially for the female game.
1: One word comes to mind now and it's unbelievable. As someone... As a, not even an athlete, but as a teenager who struggled with just anxiety and performance and always wanting to be good at what I was doing was often a struggle. And I guess I'm 40 now, and I but back when you're younger, you, there wasn't the the understanding, the recognition and the acknowledgement of what mental health was. So to see the support mechanisms, I'll I'll do it a little bit backwards, sorry, Mitch, because you know me, I'm a little bit backwards at times. To see the support mechanisms available now to those athletes where there's consistent check-ins, they're doing the wellbeing app, it's an accountability piece that they're actually filling it in. And then again, organisations such as yourself have our wellbeing staff attached to our state league bodies, as well as we have a wellbeing manager within Northern as well, continually reinforcing the message of good health and good personal health. I certainly never had that. So when you talk about, again, I was surrounded, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by good people. I had an amazing coach who probably was that person for me. But again, now when I think back to Christ, he's had to support us, 25 women in a wellbeing space as well as actually make us perform to be better on the field as well is, yeah, it's full credit to him. No wonder why he's, he's so grey now. But again, it really is so important. And in particular, as females, we are wired differently to men as well. And I, I love that there's just that investment in trying to actually understand how a female mind works a little bit differently to that of a male athlete. Mm. And But so important and I just love now how it's so easily and accessibly available, but it's also just common language to talk about it as well. And we recognise that, hey, no matter who you are in life, we all have ups and downs and that's actually okay.
0: Yeah. So is there anything you wouldn't mind sharing in terms of some of the challenges you did have? Like I know with like you, sometimes you were travelling a lot. From a car down to Brisbane, being removed from maybe your support network at times as well, no doubt would have been tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely, my two biggest challenges I would call out was one of them you just said, where I was having to train very isolated. Again, I reflect on what the girls walking in the gates here now and being a part of it as a team collaborative is awesome, but a lot of my time was just spent at the local school field down the road, Endergrove State School, and I love the shout out to the groundsman there because he'd actually mark, mark the field out for me when I had to do like a mass training session and my distances and all that. And my passing partner, like uh, passing was not a great strength of mine. So my teammate was the brick wall there where I'd have to do 50 each side on each foot. And so again, like you, you feel a little bit isolated when you're not around your team. There's certainly that self-doubt that creeps into your head. It's just, well, Christ, like I'm not training with the team. How am I going to be one of the best? But what I was also struggling with at the time is I was a mum and my daughter is the greatest achievement in my life. So when I'm away playing sport, I'm away from her. So I guess at times that becomes very challenging. I know every mother would attest to that. To be an athlete, you've got to have that level of selfishness. And sometimes that don't sit well when you're also a mother and responsible. Mm -hmm. So that had certainly had its ups and downs and it was actually a big reason. And again, I was very I was very happy to finish up the 2017. That was always the goal, but of course I had a few people say, "Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just play one year in NRLW to say you had you had done it?" And again, I just think my daughter. Whilst I'm grateful for everything I had. And I didn't, ma- I feel I didn't make sacrifices, but my family did. And mm. that was a big part of, again, and sorry I've gone off track here a little bit, but that was really why I was very comfortable. We're certainly finishing up with in 2017, knowing that NRLW was coming in 2018, but I wanted to be there for her. She was commencing her sporting little journey as well, and and that was tough, mate, to Mm. deal with over those years when I was away from her, definitely.
0: Yeah, no, I know that. And I was going to ask around that 2018 season, and you did bring it up about, did you feel like you did miss out? But knowing, too, that what you did do within the game over that period and what you helped do for the game, like, I I see and and got a sense that you didn't feel like you were missing out because you had given so much to the game and it helped get to that point.
1: No, absolutely. I, I do not have one regret. And again, I think it comes with being, there was a level of knowing my body as well. I was so lucky. I, I stumbled to the finish line as well, Mitch. My God, I look at those athletes that ran around 2018 and I thought, Christ, I probably wouldn't make a run on team. So I was, you've got to have that good self-awareness a- a- about yourself as well. And I, I did. I did stumble to the end. and But the biggest thing was my daughter and my family and I was obviously in the position at the time as the regional manager for game development so again it was a regional role and I had just been gifted that role at the the start of that year and I couldn't continue to give it my all unless I was committing to it and I wanted to do a good job because I truly believe that I was that I was really grateful to be handed that role so I wanted to make sure that I did it justice.
0: I wouldn't say you gifted the role eh? I think you would earn the role. Oh well uh-huh. thank you. Yeah, time within the game and the work that you have done so talk me a little bit more before we go into the next few things of your actual job what does it entail what does it encompass how do you work with community what's your kpis within the role
1: yeah so essentially well i guess with everything and how the world has evolved like everything is it comes back to safety and risk these days where we're in a sport and sports in general where Risk and safety always is number one. And mm. whether we like it or not, that's that's where we sit in any business. It's, it's based around safety and risk as well. But with that, it's around how do we deliver a product that provides a sense of community and a sense of belonging for our people within it. I said earlier, rugby league is a vehicle to drive such important messages. And whether that be that the health facet, and I must acknowledge the, the work you guys do in that space with your, what's it called, where, they, where you do with your school kids now in your Cutters Care creating, program. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't get it out. Like that's... I think it's the most important thing is rugby league is more than a game. Mm. It's it's where people come, it's their social outlook, whether it's the players or the parents. We see, I know my parents, their best friends are from those netball players, parents who I used to play with back when I was a junior. So it's that great sense of social connection. Mm. And we've got to acknowledge that as a game and understand that's what we do. But we've got to ensure that, there's a level of accountability ensuring that we keep it safe and we keep it above board. And whilst we acknowledge that it's a great game, we've got to keep the game evolving where we are a business after all. And that's really been the greatest change and challenge for me at times. I've gone from a game development space where it's all the fun, fluffy, amazing stuff of growing the game and having fun and getting to throw a footy around with uh, kids full time to now it's around the real the the strategy side of it, the risk management, the planning. How are we growing as a business? How are we ensuring that we're keeping people engaged? So it's been it's been a challenging journey, but one I've certainly loved.
0: Yeah. So let's extend further on that growth of the game. And so, you've time you you've seen the growth and development from the, those junior grassroots in school into women's sport. Where is the game going? Like next five, ten years. What and if there all the compliance concussion?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, mate. So, locally in Mackay, here we have just under four thousand participants playing our game week in, week out. Of those four thousand participants, seven hundred of them are females. Mm-hmm. So again, we see in a massive boost in that space. Can, if I can again reflect back to when I started, came back here in two thousand and. 13, we probably had one or two running around in a mixed competition. So, again, to see that is is phenomenal. And not only on top of that's 4,000 participants, probably with that we've got an additional 3,500 volunteers in our game. So that's that's a huge number in itself first and foremost. You mentioned before around the safety element. Yes, concussion, there's, a, there's such good education around that now and what it is. And the game certainly doesn't shy away from that concussion in sport can happen, concussion anywhere can happen. So we're really proud of the the compliance and the safety measures our game has in place regarding concussion. And I know you could speak to that a lot better than I could at a performance level, but what we just do in community around education, awareness, every one of our volunteers in sport has an accreditation to be either a, a coach or a sports trainer or a league safe. So we feel like in in some facets we're actually really leading the way when it comes to education and ensuring that we're keeping our participants as safe as we possibly can.
0: And you talked about the Mackay community, our rugby league community within here. So, again, the development of that. So, from my last count, there's 17. So there's nine senior, eight junior teams. Or have I got it wrong way? Yes. Round, 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 round. Yes. Yep.
1: Ten and nine. Ten, Ten and nine. nine. Yeah. Yes. Yes
0: and then including the referees as well on top of that. Where's the areas that need the most work?
1: Yeah, well, let's start with the good stuff. The rugby league is in the fabric Mm. up here in Mackay, isn't it? We're very lucky that people just love to be a part of our game. And I, I truly come back to it's that sense of community. It's that sense of belonging. It's where people go for their favourite pastime. So we, we certainly acknowledge that and are grateful for that because we recognise post-COVID that there are a lot of sports that weren't able to come back from that COVID and people love having their weekends back. And I was probably one of those for a bit. Went, Oh God, I've got to go back working on a on a weekend. But to see rugby league bounce back so well after post-COVID is, is probably just a testament to the people who Want to be involved in the sport? It's a, it's leading the way. I know they're trying to have a crack at taking it globally. We'll see how that lands with the NRL and good luck to them. But for our kids here, where do I see it? I I, I don't see us any worse off, put it that way. And Mm. I know that was a long fear again. Being very upfront is is around us, in particular around the safety and that of our game. But I think because our game has such a good awareness and education base when it pertains to risk, and then secondly. It is where people want to come to communicate, to celebrate, to be around other people. I think I think we're going okay. However, we can't rest on our morals. I mentioned before, we're still a business. We need to ensure that we make it as accessible and affordable with the cost of living as well. I look at the girls here it's wonderful, but if I can also just recognise the all abilities that Mackay has here and the little Mackay cutters, Mitch, how good is it when you see them, Mm. you're fortunate enough to be able to provide that opportunity for them to play on the same days as the big boys and the big girls. And when I watch that, it's probably really reminds her of why you do what you do. They just absolutely love it. And that's, again, we're talking about Mackay, our regional community. That's a product that this community is delivering that doesn't, happen a great deal in anywhere else mm-hmm. so we're really really proud of that and really grateful for the cutters to come on board and we also have a team up in Townsville and the, the Blackhawks jump in on that and it's just such a good thing to be a part of
0: yeah I think we've got two games at the moment scheduled in or penciled in to play before uh, Mackay cutters back end of the year but at least we'll get one of them. but hopefully we do get the two if we can make that happen was getting the Townsville team down.
1: They uh, sorry if I can just share a, a little story. They got to play at the stadium this year, at Country Bank Stadium, and we had a couple of our staff members that let them out, and a couple of them wouldn't get on the field and play because they were just too in awe about seeing themselves up on the big screen. How <laughs> they yeah. were just that was just it was so funny. It was it was just amazing. Oh, it's a great experience, isn't it? It is. yeah, so for, good for anyone to jump on that field. Absolutely, you
0: know, and play in front of big crowds. You talk about the joy and the fabric of rugby league and I get—I look back at that COVID year coming back to Mackay in December 2020 and knowing that season, local season, still happened and not very many other places got to play rugby league and especially in the senior competition, I'm not really sure of the juniors, but from all accounts and all reports, that season was a really good season because a lot of things like money was not attached to Winning and losing, and people rallied around each other to make sure that the games still happened, that the clubs were still thriving internally, and making sure the Mackay Rugby League still had footy playing in 2020.
1: That was unbelievable, mate, to see Mackay, and it was the only, there was one other region, I think, down f- further south that did it in the state to get rugby league functioning in particular in such a hard time, as we're aware, we talk about wellbeing and people had a real disconnect from people during COVID. So to be able to provide some of the Mackay community an opportunity to still come in and participate in sport, ensuring that we met all guidelines associated as well, and it was juniors did play as well. They both played shortened seasons. is probably just a testament to the people we've got here in wanting to make that happen. I know we had a couple of Townsville teams that drove down every weekend to play as well. They just wanted to be a part of it because they recognised more the health benefit that actually did in having that connection. It was it was truly great to see and probably why uh, the numbers here have continued to grow ever since.
0: Yeah, most definitely. You were able to hold on to a lot more people than lose, I guess, from you know, being able to still have the games being played. Was there much pushback from state body, NRL, anyone to...
1: No, there actually wasn't. There was very strict guidelines and measures, as you could appreciate, but providing like even little things down to the way they did their draw to ensure that you come in, you play your game, you've got to leave immediately so you can be a part of that for a a small period of time, but then you'd have to leave just to ensure that the numbers kept Mm. under the whole facility as a a whole. So, no, they, they were pretty good. Council was good. There was the strict measures put in place after every round of games they had the spray, the spray disinfectant would go around all of the areas as well. And again, I, I just think what that gave people and it was a shortened season too. So I think there are a lot of learnings from that as well. And to your point before, Cookie, I think just around people playing for the love of it, not because of the dollar. Mate, again, i would be honest, I'd love if, if that was still the case. We'd, yeah, that's a story for another day and probably not for air anyway. <laughs>
0: I dare to dream, as I like to finish on with, come on for a chat, is let's talk about your, I want to talk about personal and professional future goals that you've got for you, yourself.
1: Yeah, this is a real struggle, I think. And maybe it's a point where I'm at with my, I always had a goal as an athlete. Mm. You you always had to be well, well prepared to be able to play. So it's probably, since I've stopped a real, i been a real struggle for me. I definitely, hence why I didn't get involved in any coaching when I first left either, because it's almost like you got to go through that bit of a grieving period around it's losing that sense of identity. I, I was a rugby league player for so many years in a row and then to not have that. And whilst I'm not grieving anymore, and I, I say the word grief in the in a loose term, it's probably finding that what that goal is. I'm lucky enough to work in the game, so I'm getting my fulfilment through that. But, yeah, probably some personal goals. I think maybe um, you should write me a program on how you run 4,000 kilometres. What did you just complete the other day, the... Uh, what was it? Not the Iron Man. The, what it's, was it? It was
0: called the Black Hole 100.
1: 100 kilometers. Mitch, I followed your journey and I went, oh my God, how did you do that? That was phenomenal, mate. So mate, I'd just be happy to run two Ks at the moment. So let's just start small yeah. and maybe you can give me a kick up the ass when you see me. Sorry, I probably shouldn't swear. <laughs> when when you see me in the office next year and ask how, how the big rig's going.
0: You know, just get out and come for a run. <laughs>
1: yeah, please. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to keep up.
0: Well, yeah, so so there's none other than health and fitness.
1: Yeah, I just think looking after, like I was on a journey here with work in and we've made some changes. We've undergone a big change management piece within the game. And, yeah, I think sometimes we lose sight of our own personal self within that. So I think definitely a couple of more holidays within the, the year would be nice. And just to have that real disconnect from work at time, I think that's a timely reminder for everyone. And then on a professional level, look, I really don't know. I'm, I'm really... As I'm two years into this role, and the first year is just about finding your feet, and the second year was about putting into action some things you wanted to implement. So I'm really looking forward to 2024 and seeing how things evolve. And who knows? Maybe I'll come after Ben Iken's job. Maybe Ike can shove out. I'll have to I'll have to see. But so <laughs>
0: the game? Do you see you always working in the game? Being yeah, it, being the love that you have for it, and is do you always see the future for you professionally, or do you?
1: No, I'd love to. I'd love to apply my skill set in other facets, absolutely. I think I've certainly resolved to that. I, are uh,
0: open-minded to that. Really
1: yeah. open-minded to applying the skill set that you've built in rugby league that I'll always be grateful, but to other areas of organisations, yeah.
0: Well, Renee, I look forward to seeing your, where that future leads and what organisation you do end up in the future contributing to. But at the moment, you're doing a really good job with the QRO and your role as a regional northern manager. Well, right. nailed it. So, yeah, and it's good to share an office with you and, yeah.
1: No, ahead. thank you, mate. And look, and again, we're talking about community here and whilst I, yeah, I understand and you're a performance-led team first and foremost and you must be results-driven at times, but the work you do in community... Is a testament to you and your team. Everyone's talking the cutters, the cutters care programme I keep coming back to. They'll see the little kids running around. It's it's great to see and it's certainly had great impact in our community. So so well done to yourself and the team. Thank you. Thanks, mate.
0: Change the game. Brought to you by the Mackay Cutters.